Hey y'all, welcome to TagCast episode 5, this is Teddy Grant, uh, you know, just talking shop with musicians, um, you know, uh, just want to give a quick disclaimer, this is basically based on my observations, my opinions, and uh, my personal experiences as a musician from the United States and as a young black American from the United States. So um, with that said, I'm constantly willing to be corrected. I'm willing to hear other other people's point of views. But uh, as of right now, these are based on what I've seen and what I've experienced. So now we got that through. Um, it's around 1.43. I tried to record an earlier, uh, episode, but, uh, my iPad decided to go up on me and it, because, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess Apple has a way of making your phone start, starting to go through a re, uh, restart cycle once you're not on the new iOS. But, um, you know, it, it caused me to lose my uh my viewers on my facebook live feed um and it really really pissed me off so here is a brand new version because i'm just like yo that's just whack so um so what i, I what i really just want to talk about is basically this whole new you know you know, the new guy bias or, you know, the fill in bias. I'll just call it the new guy bias, the NGB, um, you know, new guy bias. Um, so, you know, this pretty much happens when, you know, a, a really, really big act. Typically when you go the band route instead of the sideman route, um, uh, gets a new member of the band to replace a really, really well-known person in the band, like prime example when Billy Joel fired his musicians and got a whole new set of musicians to back him. Or or if, you know, or when uh, the Tony Parks left the Mars Volta and Thomas Pridgen got the seat. Or when um, when Sonny Emery left Earth, Wind & Fire and John Paris got the seat, you know. Um, this typically happens in the band situation, but this also happens in the sideman situation where, you know, um, you know, <laughs> you, you get a reputation for, uh, you know, playing or backing a certain artist and then all of a sudden a, a new person comes in to either just simply fill in for you so you can do other work or you just, you're just like, you're gone for whatever reasons you, you got fired or you just got tired of playing a gig. But, um, the, 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 uh, the problems with that is like you, you basically develop a, a fan base, um, from playing with that artist and, and a following from playing with that artist. And then, you know, when you leave and people don't know because it's sudden, um, and a new guy comes in and, the fans are like, oh, where's, where's such and such? Where's, where's this person at? I mean, you know, like it's, 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 it's like, I even go through that phase myself because, um, it's sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's just for the worse in people's opinions. But 
you you cannot forget at the end of the day this new person that came in got hired for a reason you know like there's there could be multiple multitudes of reasons you know like the artist could be going for a new look or the artist might want an all-girl band a la you know beyonce because remember when beyonce first came out she had you know mostly guys backing her now she has almost an all-girl band with her um i don't know if she still does but most of the time she has an all-girl band with her and they smash but um you know it's just those reasonings just could just affect the affect the fan base just depending on how like uh, how much the the artists you know um, and and the musician uh, impact each other you know um, so uh, the main reason why I, I want, wanted to bring this up was because um, a, a young drummer named Gabe Bennett. Um, he's from Baltimore, Maryland. He's from my hometown. Um, recently got the opportunity to fill in for a drummer named CJ Thompson to play for uh, John P. Key. Now, if you don't know who Gabe Bennett is, that's understandable. If you don't know who CJ Thompson, that is completely understandable. If you don't know who, who Gabe and CJ are, that's cool. But if you don't know who John P. Key is and you try to study the whole gospel chops thing, you're a fraud. <laughs> just this plain, like I, I keep on saying, I keep on saying this. Why are you studying this whole? I'm putting air quotes up. Why are you studying this whole gospel chops thing if you don't know gospel artists? If you don't listen to gospel records, John P. Key is one of those artists that hired the drummers that had that sound from way back in like the 80s, like the late 80s. So. If you don't know who John P. Key is, um, after this podcast, just go on to Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever streaming service you listen to, go on YouTube or go to the stores and buy you some John P. Key records. Buy some John P. Key CDs. He's been around for over 30 years. His stuff is really accessible. Anyway, um, John P. Key, is like I said, he's a huge artist, so it's kind of a big deal when you get hired to do some gigs with John P. Key. Um, but within that time, the past I don't know three to five years, he recently got a drummer named C.J. Thompson. C.J. Thompson is a monster. He is not your typical gospel chops drummer because people think all gospel chops is a certain patterns and certain licks and certain no cj thompson has an abnormal very abnormal um uh vocabulary like this dude knows his rudiments and he knows how to place them and he's musical and also he is a composer like his tracks are fire like he hasn't put out any tracks in a while but he has a track called russian that's just killing. Um, if you can find his track on SoundCloud, please go ahead and find it. It's just dope. But um, yeah, this this CJ Thompson is, is a very abnormal cat, you know? And the fact that he plays so chill 
but very intense and very hard. But he's just like his body language is just like, eh, it's a it's it's a walk in the park. But um, yeah, this dude was leaving a huge footprint um in the drum seat, basically, or should I say, a huge footprint on the foot pedals, and um. And he developed a huge fan base playing for John P. Key, you know, which he was already filling in huge shoes because the drummer before him was John, uh, was not John P. Key. It was <clears throat> the drummer before him was the, the legendary Calvin Rogers. And um, like Calvin Rogers left such a big footprint on, on John P. Key's music. Listen to John P. Key's Rain on Us. This is from his Not Guilty record. I think it came out in the late 90s or early 2000s. And the solo on there was bonkers. Like, crazy. And that was all Calvin Rogers. Someone told me there was two drummers on there, but I'm not sure. I thought it was just all Calvin. But anyways, um, like that that song became such a hit with drummers that it's, it's, it's a standard. It's a standard in gospel music. Like, you know how you have your jazz standards? Rain On Us by John P. Key is a gospel standard. Like, if you want to start learning the whole quote-unquote gospel chops thing, listen to Rain On Us by John P. Key. And then listen to Chris Key. Also, his son, Chris Key, Chris Key played drums out after Calvin. Then it was CJ. So, Chris Key. Um, Chris Key has a couple... Um, uh takes of rain on us live and then listen to cj thompson and how he just takes it to a whole different level it's ridiculous um now the, it now you know cj thompson left a huge footprint now you know cj thompson uh he got uh he got offered a tour he got the, he got offered to go on tour which included performing at coachella um so uh gabe uh gabe bennett got offered uh to fill in for cj there's a clip of of gabe playing they that wait which is um also on fred one of fred ham i think it's on fred hammond's free to worship album and um and john p key is featured on a song but john p key wrote the song the song is called they that wait and Gabe is playing drums and, and I'm seeing, you know, mostly positive comments and, um, and people are like, Oh, you know, the drummer's struggling and who is this guy? Or you, you, you hear, Oh, uh, where's CJ? Where, where is CJ? Uh, you know, or, you know, like it was just like subtle hate, you know, from, from our own musicians. Like it, it was like, like I'm used to getting hate from the outside music communities, which there was some, but it wasn't as blatant as musicians hating on Gabe uh, because he wasn't pulling out all the CJ Thompson like chops or he wasn't chopping as much as um, as CJ would on 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 um, a live John P. Key concert. And I'm just like, y'all so caught up in, in the chops that y'all forget that the original recording didn't really have chops on it to begin with, you know? And the fact that, you know, Gabe is concentrating on the on setting up the band to make them like, to be like, hey, I'm just, I'm just here to make you, to be the foundation. 
Um, you know, like he's he was doing his job basically, and cats were still hating because he wasn't CJ. Um, now, granted, I understand. Like, like I said, CJ left a huge footprint on the foot pedals. You know, like this dude is killer. Like he added his own flavor. He had his own flair because he too could have played the song like the record. But you know. John P. Key was okay with him stretching out and 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 adding to their adding to the rearrangements because they added some rearrange they added some hits and things in in the song that you don't hear on the original recording. But Gabe still played the song like the record, but he also d did the hits like the live live rearrangements. So like Gabe was still holding his own, and the fact that he's still a young cat blows me away like i'm pretty sure i'm older than he is and i'm just like dude like you're you already like i never really considered myself a good drummer so like just to see someone younger than me kill like that it, it just makes it just reminds me that's like yeah this is why you have to stay humble like cats like gabe is like dude dude was just he he held his own man and 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 the people that are commenting they they forget like okay so where are you right now like right now not not like as in your career like where are you you're you're here looking at the video typing in oh the drummer is struggling wow that same drummer you're talking about is on stage playing for an artist, playing for John P. Key. And you see smiles on the other musicians' faces. They're like making eye contact and, and communicating, you know? So the fact that they like, they like Gabe. So it's just like, Gabe's not trying to prove anything to you. He got the gig. The only approval that he, he's supposed to get is from, the, from his unit. And, and the person that hired him, which is John P. Key, you know? And I'm pretty sure that Gabe got the gig because of CJ. Like CJ was like, yo, can you do this for me? I'm pretty sure. I don't know how Gabe got the gig, but that's how it typically happens. Gabe, I mean, CJ makes like, when you need someone to fill in for you, you make phone calls. And I'm pretty sure CJ called Gabe. Now I need to talk to Gabe and find out how he got the gig, but, um, like it's it's funny like we get so caught up in in and in, in habit as as musicians that we don't consider the fact that things happen things change you know um and my recent facebook live stream when i tried to do this episode um darren metz came in he's like yeah man it's kind of like how uh when dave weckel left um he left uh, the Chikoria electric band and the new guy came in and that, that new guy happened to be the Gary Novak. Um, and, and he said, you know, people were like, where's Dave? Where's Dave? And we're booing him and things like that, you know, but I'm pretty sure once he started playing, people were like, oh, <laughs> you know, they were clutching their pearls. I guarantee you. Um, I also had a story um, I'm going to name drop here. Here we go. I have a story. I, I should, I should call, I should call them where, um, Dennis Chambers pretty much had a story where 
Dennis was watching Toto. Now, I could be wrong. I, I gotta I gotta call Dennis to tell this story. Where um, Dennis Chambers was was watching uh, Jeff Picaro play for Toto, and uh, Jeff Picaro pulled uh, you know motions motions Dennis over and it's just like, hey, um, can you fill in for me because I have to use the bathroom. So can you can you uh, play? Can you sit in with us? And you know Dennis was like, I can't say no. Sure. He's like, uh, then Jeff was like, sweet. The next song is Rosanna. <laughs> Oh boy. No, I was just like, oh, you know, like you have to have your tempo like right on lock. So, so I think what Dennis told me, if I can remember correctly, was uh, once once I got on the drums and, and Jeff Picaro got off, you know, there was already confusion. And then, uh, and Dennis was young. So, so Dennis wasn't wasn't in the rock world. Dennis was still like playing with like P-Funk and Jazz Fusion acts and stuff like that. Um, this, like, like I said, this is where it gets foggy. So, um, I think one of the members of Toto, I think it was either Steve or someone or, or the band leader, um, was saying, okay, so, um, Jeff had had to go had a, had an emergency, so we have Dennis Chambers filling in for us for for a song, and he's gonna play Rosanna. And he, I think Dennis was like, "Yeah, they they pretty much booed me, but once I finished playing, they applauded." So it's just like, like, like we we as drummers need to stop having this bias, like. Give the person a chance. Consider these facts, and, and I'll say this again. This person got hired for a reason. Uh, this person probably knows how to play because they're playing for that act, and when you have to play for, for a certain act, you have to have some kind of facility to understand this person's music. And also, like, you don't know who this musician's connected to. So, like... Please, like, there's, there should be no need to hate. Now, again, if you feel that the music doesn't fit, okay, that's that's your opinion. But I guarantee you, if if, if uh, the artist felt that the drummer that they hired didn't fit, I'm I guarantee you that drummer still wouldn't be on the gig. You know, so um, with that fact being said, man. Like, we really, we really need to, you know, stop being biased. Like, it's human nature to be biased because, again, we're creatures of habit. We, we, we predict how things go and, and things like that. But when you see something that's not what you used to, don't shut it down. Don't, don't shut it out. Like, give it a chance, you know? Um... Cause there's always a chance to learn. Um, so, um, with that being said, I'm nearing like 20 minutes. It's 2.02 right now. And I think I should get going and start. Um, I should, I should get ready for, uh, for this rehearsal. You gotta catch a Mark train to Suitland. Um, in that meantime, I want you guys to do me a favor. Music for this podcast, I feel like I'm playing the same style of music. If y'all want to hear something 
Um, give me some artists. Give me, give me some, some music that I should check out, like, uh, you know, LCD Sound System or, or uh, Soul Live or Lettuce, or Thundercat, you know, uh, Michelle Endigale Cello, um, Esperanza Spalding. <laughs> you know, um, they don't have, it, it can be any genre. Um, I can't really say death metal because, you know, the screaming can overtake my vocals, so I don't want to bury the, the, the metal tracks so much. Um, anywho, I'm going ahead and get, I'm going to go ahead and get going. Thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for your support. Please pass these episodes around and, um, I'll be back next Thursday. Um, I think, I think 12 o'clock or 1245 is a good time to, to go, uh, to go live anyway. So, uh, yeah. And for those who helped me at my low point last week, thank you so much. Um, it really means a lot. Um, and, uh, you guys know who you are. I love you guys. Thank you so much. And, um, we'll talk soon. Deuces.